You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devil Stands? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the number one place, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really greatly appreciate all the love and support this episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network, are sponsored by the awesome people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. With the NBA playoffs now underway into the first round, DraftKings gives you so many awesome opportunities to make a huge amount of money. So go to DraftKings, sign up, use the promo code THPN, and tell them Neil Villapiano sent you. It has obviously been a little while since last time we talked, and I know that last week I had promised that I would get back into the groove, so to speak. You know, back into my normal two episodes a week, try to be active on social media, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have really, really been in a creative funk the last, you know, week. Actually, it's been more of the last couple of weeks. Even before I got on well, and as you guys know, I went to the hospital, this past week I was dealing with a huge amount of allergy problems. So again, really tough physically to do the things that I normally do and and uh, give you the content that you guys uh, want and that you guys like. Um, so I do apologize for that. I also, it's been a quite a long time since the last time I even did a live watch along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. And I do apologize for that. I'm going to try my best to get back into that when I'm fully... Um, 
healthy enough to do so. Um, even doing this right now, it's a little bit of a struggle, um, kind of just low on energy, a little bit of loss of breath. And again, it's just allergies. I'm not dealing with anything major like I did, you know, two weeks ago. Um, but I'm slowly but surely, you know, going to doctors, going to see my allergist, my ear, nose and throat doctor, and just trying to get the necessary things I need to attack um, head on these uh, allergies and get back to 100% health. But the other thing about it is, is strength is, is honestly just, as we all know, the devils have been incredibly inconsistent and frustrating at times to really watch. Um, and I have uh, watched this team and it's, it's just hard for me to still do two episodes a week um, and recap games and things like that. When a lot of the time we're just seeing the same stuff over and over again. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already know. So for that reason, I haven't been as active with you guys. And in a way I do apologize. And in a way I don't, because I think a lot of you guys who listen to my podcast understand exactly where I'm coming from. Um, and like I've told you guys, numerous times before that this podcast is not about trying to be ultra positive and rah-rah, you know, with this team, regardless of how good or bad we are. It's about being authentic. It's about being real and being honest with you guys from a fan's perspective. As I always say, this podcast is for the fans by a fan. And I feel confident enough to speak on behalf of a lot of very, very frustrating and very, very um, upset and quite frankly, angry Devils fans. And, um, you know, that's just what it is. But in no way do I feel like, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking things for granted or things like that. In no way at all like that. It's more of just, it's hard right now. It's hard right now. When, when you look at the rest of the schedule, uh, including tonight's game against the Golden Knights, we have one, two, three, Four, five, six, seven. We have exactly seven games left to go in the season. We have been well out of the playoffs, playoff uh, race for a couple of months now. And we have dealt with, like, you know, like we've talked about before, major injuries to star players, injuries to goaltenders, just having to play a lot of goaltenders, inconsistencies, uh, at times lack of scoring. Um, and we've also had good things, you know guys stepping up and doing things that they don't normally do, having career years and showing signs of progression, certainly down in Utica with the Comets who have officially clinched a playoff spot. So there will be at least from the devil's organizational standpoint, some playoff hockey. So there's something to keep in mind with that. So I'm sure a lot of us will be focusing much more on the Comets once this season comes to an end and the AHL season, uh, excuse me, playoff season, um, begins and we all hope that they make quite the run in the playoffs. So we shall see about that. But you know, when you when you talk about the big club, right? The last time we spoke it was the day before our blowout victory against the Coyotes. So it was nice to you know get revenge for embarrassing ourselves the last time uh, Arizona was we played them when which was in New Jersey when we lost to them at home. It was nice to get a win like that. And yeah, we know the Coyotes suck. Um, but still, getting a win like that, uh, having another six-plus goal game, I think is important. Um, then you lost a tough one to Colorado. Just honestly, it was just a tough game. 
Um, considering that they only lost three to one after Colorado had scored something like what, seven or eight goals the night before, I consider that somewhat of a positive. And then the game against Seattle on Saturday. What's tough about that one was that, again, it was another one of those games where the second period, we just kind of imploded um, as we seem to almost routinely do. And then we go to the shootout and we barely, barely, we don't score. First of all, we don't score a goal in the shootout. Second of all, we don't even make a decent attempt in the shootout. And we end up losing the game. Um, We do end up taking three out of four points in the season series against uh, Seattle. So I, I guess there's something to say about that. But then again, Seattle is... Uh, worse than us, not by much, but they're be they're below us in the standings, so to speak. Um, so after a very positive start to this road trip, you know, going two and zero and and scoring goals, we're kind of finishing it on a low note. And we'll see what happens tonight against Vegas. Vegas is a desperate team trying to, you know, hang on and trying to get back into one of those two wild card spots in the Western Conference. So the Devils obviously can play. Spoiler to that, which is. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's always exciting, especially knowing that Vegas is on the verge of, for the first time in its history, not making the playoffs, which I think for a lot of the diehard hockey fans, people would like to see that and have Vegas get their uh, comeuppance, so to speak. Um, But still, it's difficult to look at the rest of the schedule and uh, know that by the time we reach uh, uh, Friday the 29th, um, a week from Friday, uh, the season will be over. Um, the Devils will once again, um, for the ninth time in the last decade, will miss the playoffs. And that's, like I've mentioned before, it's a very frustrating, very, very frustrating um, situation to be in. It's, it's not fun, and I don't, I don't like it. And I didn't come on here today and wrote a script. Um, I was talking to some people about this earlier today that I was just in a creative funk. I did not know what I wanted to say or talk about on the episode. And there was a big part of me that just felt like, well, maybe I just don't do an episode today. But then there was another part of me that said, well, you know what? You guys continue to show so much support to me and you guys really, really love what I do. And you love the podcast um, that it would be selfish of me in some degree to not give you guys episodes, regardless of what's going on. Um, And I know that, Obviously, I am entitled to not have to always, you know, post episodes, um, especially at this point in the year. And, you know, certainly once we get to the off season, but everyone has to understand from my perspective that working for the Hockey Podcast Network, working for Amaze, it's right now my job. You know, this is what I do. This is, uh, this is what I get paid for. This is, I come on here twice a week um, for the most part. <laughs> and not recently, but, you know, as you've seen throughout the year and the last couple of years, you, you've seen, you've seen what I've done. Um, you know, I come on here and I try to talk devil's hockey with you guys. We've had episodes where it was nothing but positive and excitement and feeling good. And then we've had episodes, many episodes where I've come on and rant and raved. Um, and I've talked about before that I need to do a better job of sometimes putting the fan side of me to the side and bringing out more of the analyst, um, the, the broadcaster in me and try to look at it from that perspective. And that's kind of the way I'm trying to look at it right now. Although it is still, um, it is still hard. Um, And that's kind of the way I look at it. So again, when you look at the schedule, again, we play Vegas tonight, 
Then we come back. Then they, the Devils come home and play three straight at home against Buffalo, Carolina, and Detroit. Um, there's a very, very likely chance that I will be at the game against Buffalo on Thursday. Um, that will definitely be the final game of the season I go to unless I get free tickets, which I've had that happen several times this year. Um, that'll probably be the uh, Thursday's game will probably be the last game I go to in person. All I'm simply asking for going into that game is to just win. Cause like I said, it has been nearly three years or now almost three. It's been almost three years now since the last time I saw this team win in person, um, which is really hard uh, because I've seen this team win a bunch of games at home and I've seen this team win games this season on television, but every single game I've gone to, I think I've gone to like four or five this year. If I remember, um, they've lost every single one of them. And most of them, they've gotten blown out, which is hard because it makes you want to leave, you know, after the second period or, you know, halfway through the game. And that's not fun. So for me, all I hope for from that game is that they just win. I know Buffalo's not good. I understand that. But at the same time, I will just be happy to see them win in person. To feel, to, to know, to get, a, get that feeling again of what it's like to be at a game and your team win. Um, that's something, and I know that's ridiculous, but it's just really that simple. It really is. And that's the way I look at it. So again, Buffalo, then Carolina, and then Detroit. And then they play two road games in Ottawa and then Carolina, and then wrap up the season at home against Detroit again. So there is that. So when you look at it, and you're trying to evaluate and try to be realistic with where the Devils could be when it comes to wins and stuff like that, you're looking at a chance to win maybe three, maybe four games. Because I look at Buffalo, and I think that especially at home, you give yourself a good chance. Although Buffalo, since the trade deadline, has played a lot better. I think you're finally starting to see the Sabres feel good about where they're going directionally, you know, you know, direction wise. And now they're through the Jack Eichel stuff and Owen power now is playing in the NHL. I think that there's optimism there. Carolina is, even though they have, I think they clinched a playoff spot. If I'm not, not mistaken, they have, they are still actually fighting for the division, the division, the metropolitan division, because right now at the time of this recording, they are tied with the New York Rangers with exactly 104 points. Um, they really don't have a shot to win the president's trophy. It looks like it's going to be the Florida Panthers. It could be Colorado. Colorado currently has the most points with 116. Um, so that's a, there's going to be a race for that, but yeah, going back to Carolina there, there, there's still meaningful games there because they want to, you know, get the division and, um, most likely finish as the second or third seed going into the Stanley cup playoffs. So there's that. Um, you look at Detroit. I just found out that Dylan Larkin, their captain, their star player is out for the rest of the season. So that's a, somewhat of a blow for Detroit, but they still have guys like Cider and Lucas Raymond and Alex Nadelkovich and guys like that, that are still going to try to come out and play well, finish the season on a high note, Ottawa, kind of the same thing. Ottawa has been, you know, struggling a little bit. Um, the devils, uh, the last time they played Ottawa, they kind of, they kind of screwed themselves. Um, so hopefully the Devils can turn around there. And it is in Ottawa, so it might be a little bit tougher. But I think the Devils do give themselves a decent chance. Then they're at then they're at Carolina on the 28th. Um, depending on where the team, it, where the Hurricanes are by that point, um, we might see 
uh, some changes in the lineup. I don't know. And then you take on Detroit again at home, um, which will be the the last game of the season. Uh, the um, and I hate saying this, the Fan Appreciation Day, which or Fan Appreciation Night, actually. And it'll be really interesting to see how many fans actually show up for that one. It might be a bigger crowd than most games because it's the last game of the season. And with Fan Appreciation Night, there's always like these massive giveaways. And, you know, I think probably they'll have a situation where fans will get a chance to get, get an opportunity to go on the ice and get the jersey off the player's back, something like that. You know, there's a good chance for that. Um, and maybe they'll win that one. So when you look at it, I'm looking at potentially uh, three, maybe four wins left to go in the season. Um, cause I, I don't know about Vegas. I don't know about Vegas. I mean, we, you know, the devils, again, we're so inconsistent that you don't know what team you're going to get on a night to night basis. Um, the devils could come out and absolutely be clicking on all cylinders and dominate the game from start to finish and win. They could come out slow. They get to come out fast and just come and just beat us. It could be a close game and the devils win. It could be a close game and the devils lose. I cannot tell you, I can't really tell you that with any of the games, moving forward um, against Carolina going to be tough. I think both of those games are going to be tough to, uh, to win. Although, you know, it's at home, but we have really struggled at home this year. So, you know, I'm not feeling all that, all that confident, um, but yeah, that's pretty much where we're at with that. When you look at the overall standings, the doubles are currently, uh, at 28th overall out of 32, they are only two points ahead of the Flyers, who have 57. They are five points ahead of Seattle, um, who have 54. They are eight points in front of Montreal, who have 51. And they're 10 points ahead of Arizona. Um, to be quite honest with you guys, the worst that I think it's going to get is that the Devils would finish 30th out of 32. Um, the best. I can see them doing if they, you know, let's say they win the last seven games. That's what 14, it's 14 points that would get us to 70. Was that like, well, let me see. We get to 69, like 73. That could take us all the way up to 24, 23 uh, in the standings, which would be nice because then you could say, all right, the team really, focused at the end of the year and finished on a high note, but that would be quite an impressive thing to do for the devils to finish the season on a seven game winning streak. It's not, it's probably not going to happen, but it still would be nice from a fan standpoint. And look, I will say this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not care really at all about where we finish in the standings and tanking and all that stuff because I'm tired of it because that has just been the attitude for a long time that we seem to have this same routine of we start the season off with promise it looks like that maybe it's going to be different and then by the time we hit December and January the team starts to get into that typical funk with injuries lack of scoring and just losing games and embarrassing ourselves especially over the last two years um, and then by the time we reach uh, February, March, we're we're well out of a playoff spot. Like we have no shot, and we're already thinking about next year. And like I've said before, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of thinking about next season 
And I want to start thinking about the season that we're in right now when we're competing for a playoff spot. One of the most difficult things um, to think about and to say out loud um, was what Tom Fitzgerald said way back at the end of last season, which is crazy to think about now, that he wanted this Devils team to have meaningful games in March and April. And we've come to April, mid-April, mid to late April, and we're not in that position at all. We are once again going to finish at the bottom, well, not at the bottom, but pretty close to the bottom of the NHL. Um, and I don't really care where the Devils finish. Even if the Devils were to win the draft lottery again and get the number one overall pick again, that will not excite me as much as it would excite other people. Of course, there will be interest and things like that. And we'll, we'll obviously talk about it and We'll have, trust me, we'll have a lot of content coming out during the offseason with interviews and things like that. Do not get me wrong. But I just won't be as excited because I'll say, all right, great. Is this guy, whoever we draft, is he going to come into the NHL right away? Is he going to be able to make a difference, you know, to the point where we're actually in that, in, the, in you know, making the playoffs? Or is this just going to be another one of those things where, The guy might be a late bloomer. It's taking him two or three years to develop. I'm not criticizing Jack Hughes or Nico Keisher. I'm just saying that that is something that we have kind of gotten used to, so to speak. You know what? Like, is that really the route we're going? We're going down again. Um, I will say that most likely the Devils won't win the draft lottery. Um, I will say it's more likely that they will certainly be drafting in the top 10, um, possibly drafting in the top five. Um, even if the Devils were to drop, it would kind of be like the final nail in the coffin for the season, I might add. But still, it'd be like, okay, whatever. The Just based off of the, some of the guys that I've heard about that are draft eligible, certainly towards the top of the draft, doesn't really seem like a lot of guys that could come in right away and play. Um, I mean, look, we drafted, what, fourth overall last year? We drafted Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes is, a, is another year, maybe two away from playing in the NHL. Um, So there's that. Alexander Holtz was drafted in 2020. He didn't play with us his first year. Second year, he comes here and has been playing in Utica. He's gotten gotten a cup of coffee here and there in the NHL. But next year should be the year for him that he legitimately gets into the National Hockey League. Dawson Mercer, on the other hand, has been an exception because he comes in in his first real year in the NHL and plays very well. Um, Not of late, but still, I think overall, it's been a pretty solid rookie year for Dawson Mercer. Um, And then you have things like free agency and trades. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry. You can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable 
Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, one of the things that I heard recently um, was from Elliot Friedman. His 30, 32 thoughts, which I love. You guys should definitely go listen to it and read about it. Because what's great about it is that he has something to say for every single team. So that's important. Even for teams like us who are towards the bottom of the NHL. There's really always something for him to talk about. He spends a lot of time doing his research and uh, doing a very good job of it, I might add. So there, so there's that. So when he was talking about the Devils, when he was talking about the Devils, he said the, the, the main thing he said was simply that it may be time to move on from Mackenzie Blackwood. Not necessarily because he may not be the answer in net, although that is definitely still a question mark. Um, it may be more that there have been too many bridges burned at this point. We talked about it before that, you know, Blackwood reportedly was very upset with the Devils. He felt like they rushed him back from his heel surgery um, and then re-aggravated it and has had trouble getting to full strength. And then he supposedly changed agents. And in Friedman's description, anytime a player changes agents, it's usually because he's trying to find a way to get out of uh, whatever situation he might be in. And then on the other side of it, from the devil's perspective, they are reportedly pissed off that Blackwood was not willing immediately to get vaccinated. And that was a, dis and that was a discussion. Um, they're upset that Blackwood is not fully healthy and is, and is dealing with that as well. So what we're hearing again, reportedly is the discontent between both parties involved. So that's really a frustrating thing. It really is because it's one of those things where you say, what, what else can be an issue with this organization? Um, and I remember, I remember making that post on Devil's, on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind about um, why I felt the Devils were doing the same thing that they were doing with Corey Schneider. That was all about Corey showed so much promise to being the long-term answer for the Devils. And for a while there, it looked like it was. But by the time the Devils got to a point where they could score a decent amount with guys like Palmieri and Taylor Hall and Nico Heischer coming into the fold and Jesper Bratt coming into the fold, the damage had somewhat been done because for several years, the Devils would lose games one to nothing, two to one, three to two, and Corey would have to constantly play very hard and play a lot to just keep the team in it. And that he got overworked to the point where he started dealing with injuries and has never been the same um, since that point. And I remember, you know, discreetly saying straight up that, yeah, this is, it's the, it's deja vu all over again. And a lot of people agreed with that, that we were seeing it again. Blackwood, since he got into the NHL has dealt with very bad defense, a lack of scoring most of the time. And he keeps getting hurt because he's overworked. He's overplayed. It happened last year. It's happening this year. And we've been trying so hard 
to find the answer as a 1B tandem. We, we thought we had it with Corey Crawford, retired before ever playing game with us. You know, we had guys like Scott Wedgwood and Aaron Dell and Eric Comrie last year playing while Blackwood was hurt or, you know, playing at least a little bit. And then this year, it just, from a goaltending standpoint, it, it's got to be the worst year for a team when it comes to goaltending in NHL history. I mean, we've had, what, eight different goaltenders this year? You started off with, first of all, Blackwood didn't even start the season. It was Jonathan Bernier. But you had Mackenzie Blackwood, Jonathan Bernier, Scott Wedgwood again, Nico Dawes, Akira Schmid, uh, John Gillies, and um, Andrew Hammond. And we did have that emergency backup goaltender, but he never played a game, thank God. Um, no disrespect to Shapiro, but... You get my point. So that's seven goaltenders. We've had seven different goaltenders at one point this season in net for our team. And that is really difficult. Right now, the Devils have four goalies on the, ro on the roster. We have Gillies, Dawes, Hammond, and Blackwood, who's been practicing. Is it possible that Blackwood plays a game or two down the stretch? I think so. Is it worth it? It's only worth it from the standpoint to see has he fully recovered officially? Does he look healthy? How does he look in net? Does he show promise going into next season? Um, and the other thing about Blackwood, from what we've heard from reports, is that the Devils are probably not going to get a whole lot for Blackwood. Although he's still pretty young and does show promise, he has been injured several times. So he might be considered damaged goods for another team. So they may not get a whole lot for him. So it may be the better part of Valor to just try it again next season with him. Although the, the negative side of that is that if Blackwood is still not the guy, if he is still struggling in net, it, we're, going, we're going to end up having another year where we're expected to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, but I think that is the expectation now for this team going into next year. This team has to make the playoffs. There is no other, there is no excuse at this point because we know that the Devils are going to somehow figure out the goaltending, um, you know, with, with trades, with free agency, who knows, right? It has to be fixed. And there's other pieces that need to be put into place as well. It's not just goaltending, but goaltending is a main priority. It's the number one priority. Last year, what was the main priority? Defense. What did we do? We got Ryan Graves. We got Dougie Hamilton. You know, we we we, we you know we, we got Siegenthaler the year before, which kind of started that trend and things like that, and kind of got from there. So we we were able to fix that. The defense has been better, not great, but been better. The offense has picked it up, although we still need more. In my opinion, we need more balance. We can't have where our top six is constantly carrying us. We need to have guys in the bottom six as well. That can distribute some, because if you look at some of the teams that are in the playoffs or have won the Stanley Cup the last four or five years, they have a balance. They have balanced, you know, lines where any of these guys, any of these lines can come out there and make contributions on, you know, night to night and help the team win. That's important. Um, and finding the right goaltending tandem is important as well. Um, Jonathan Bernier. And Mackenzie Blackwood will both be on the final years of their deals. John DeBernie's hip injury might be career threatening. Um, it may be better for the Devils to just buy him out. 
um, than to bring him back. Because even if he does come back, you know, do you worry about him getting hurt again? Yeah, considering what this, this hell this hellhole of a season we've gone through with goaltending, how can you feel confident about that? And there's guys like Alexander Georgiev, Vili Huso, who I think should be the number one target for the Devils if he indeed outplays uh, himself out of uh, St. Louis, which sounds like more and more likely that's the possibility. You know, a guy like that. You know, there's different possibilities out there that the Devils need to consider. They need to consider every single possibility there's out there. There should be no stone left unturned, um, even from the minor league perspective. Nico Dawes at times has shown promise, but he's too young. I just don't think he's right. I think he definitely needs another year in in in, uh, in Utica. Same thing with Akira Schmid. I, I think these guys just need another year. It's I know that's hard. But it's also reality. And going back to Blackwood, I'm just like 50-50. It's like, you know what? If we move on from him, we move on from him. If we don't, you know, the hope is, is that he can redeem himself and go from there. But if the damage is already done and the, the Devils and Blackwood both feel that they cannot continue, then as much as it would suck to probably not get a whole lot, you might as well just try to get as much as you can for him. Because it'll be in a contract year and he's coming off heel surgery again, you know, that's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And as far as the offense is concerned, you know, there are going to be options as well. Um, there's going to be options in free agency and trades, trades, let's not forget trades, um, that can make this team better. And they have the cap space to do so. And I will say this, I have been a big fan and big supporter um, and apologist in some degree to Tom for Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager, but I will be straight up that he is going to be fighting for his job going into next season um, because he got hired because of how honest he was about where this team was. And he was honest about what this team needed to do to get better. And uh, to some degree, the team has gotten better. And in some degrees, the team has gotten worse. I mean, over the last two years, we have found many different ways to lose games, and we've embarrassed ourselves more. I mean, to be honest with you, even during the earlier part of this decade, when we were one of the older teams in the NHL, we weren't embarrassing ourselves night to night. Yeah, we were losing more than winning, but not, you know, getting blown out eight to one, you know, not losing four straight to the New York Rangers, not, you know, having a six to two lead in the third period against Florida and completely blowing that game. I mean, these are new horrible ways to lose games and devil's fans like myself have just grown tired of it. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, so yeah, guys, it's hard for me to want to just say to you guys, just try to enjoy the rest of the season and say, oh, we have a bright future and things like that, because we've been saying that for several years. Um, and at the end of the day, again, we're all just fans. We don't really have control of a whole lot in all, in all seriousness. We, we don't have a lot of control when it comes to uh, the team performance and things like that. And there's one other person I didn't talk about that I wanted that I really should mention before I go. And that is obviously Lindy Ruff. I just don't think Lindy Ruff should be the head coach anymore. 
I, I really do believe in my heart of hearts that number one, he got put into a very, very bad situation that maybe the game hasn't necessarily passed him by, but he was put into a situation where he would, he had to get the team to be playing at a very high level very quickly. And I think that that was just not the deal because remember we had to rebuild a rebuild. That's the problem. You know, uh, Ray Shiro got a long leash to build the, to build the team to getting back to relevance. So we thought we were getting there, making the playoffs in 17-18. It turns out we were just overachieving, that we were, we were much further away than we actually thought. And then Tom Fitzgerald comes in, and he has a much shorter deadline because as the owners have quote-unquote put it, and that's only just putting it in public, that they expect to win. That since they've taken over the team, they haven't won any, they haven't come close to winning anything. And if they are serious about winning, then they're going to do all the necessary things. That is including firing guys left and right if they have to. But again, Lindy Ruff came in. I said to you guys that he was going to be a placeholder for two or three years, and then they were going to get another coach that would take them to the next level. They, they just need a new voice in there. And you could see that there are games where this team just doesn't seem to listen to anything Lindy Ruff says. He will call timeouts, yell and scream, but it's not doing anything. It's falling on deaf ears in many ways. Um, and people want to say that getting a guy like uh, a John Tortorella, right, um, or Claude Julien is a bad decision because the game has passed them by, they're fossils, all they do is yell and scream. And I look at it and I say, you know what? Sometimes I think this team really does need a guy like that. A guy that comes in and is going to demand more from these guys, is going to push them. Because I think we have spent too much time with this core dealing with them with young with kid gloves. I think those have to come off. And we have to start having these guys be accountable and saying to themselves, getting to the point where, they, they say to themselves, the coaches don't even say anything. They, they have players only means to say, guys, look, enough is enough. We are tired of getting blown out. We are tired of embarrassing ourselves. Don't we have any pride? Don't we have any pride as just professional hockey players? Forget about just talking about trying to represent a, a, an organization or a state. Well, it's about representing yourself and not embarrassing yourself on a night-to-night -night basis. That's some of the things that I, I look at, honestly. That's what I look for. And I look for a leader. This team needs a leader. This team doesn't have a leader. I'm sorry. The closest you could say is probably Jack Hughes because of what he's able to bring on the ice, but he's gone for the rest of the year. I think Nico Keisher has gotten better as a captain, but obviously he's still pretty young and is learning on the job, so to speak. And there are guys here. We have a lot of young guys and not enough veterans that have been there that can say, all right, guys, we're not going to be like this anymore. And that's where guys like, I know people don't want to talk, but there's guys like, you know, if Johnny Gaudreau is there in free agency, there should be no reason why the Devils can't go after him. He also brings leadership. He's been the captain for a long, well, he has been the captain. He has been one of the leaders in Calgary for a long time. And yes, they haven't had that much success. I understand that. But he's been there. He's been there. And he can bring a lot to this team other than just scoring. Okay. But this team needs a leader, both as a general manager, as a coach, and in the locker room. They need that. They need leadership. 
And I don't know where that's coming from. But going back to Tom Fitzgerald, there's a lot that needs to be done. And if you think that Lindy Ruff is the answer, okay, show us that. Show us that. Give him every single pass, everything. Give him everything he could possibly need and go from there. And if they start the season off slow next season, you have to immediately let him go. You cannot let it go long like that. Look at what Vancouver did when they fired Trent, they fired um, Green, right? And they hired Bruce Boudreaux. They went on like a huge long uh, winning streak to get to the point where they are still somewhat competing for a playoff spot. You know, it made it more interesting for the team. It gave them new energy because they had a new voice in the locker room. Didn't really work with the Winnipeg Jets, so to speak, but there. And there's another name, Paul Maurice. I know that he wanted time off. Doesn't hurt to call him in the offseason and ask him if he's still interested. And you have to convince these guys to come here and say, you are one of the major missing pieces. And Paul Maurice is a guy that has a lot of experience in the NHL, is well-respected around the league, a guy that has won a lot of games. They took a team to a Stanley Cup Finals. So that's what I'm saying. And we swung and miss on guys like um, Gerard Gallant and Peter Laviolette. And we ended up with Lindy Ruff. Look at where the Rangers and Capitals are now. There, we, there should be no more excuses with things like that, ladies and gentlemen. There should be no more excuses. So the bottom line of this entire episode, which I, I actually can't believe it's almost been 40 minutes long. I'm actually impressing myself right now. Is simply, this doesn't, it's not really a rant. It's more of like a plea to say, look, this season is a dud, right? It's like, let's just get through it, win as many games as we can, go from there. Whatever draft pick we get is what we get. But there needs to be a sense of urgency from the entire organization going into next season, from the players to the coaches, whoever the coaches might be, to the, or to the general manager, to the ownership. There needs to be a sense of urgency. Because how much longer can Devils fans continue to get their hopes up, go into season after season, and then by the time we hit New Year's Eve, we're not even thinking about the playoffs anymore. We're thinking about, you know, again, where are we going to finish in the, at the bottom of the league? I mean, how many more years does this have to go on before the change happens? Enough is enough. This fan base has been through too much in the last decade to, you know, deal with anymore. You want to talk about, you want to build a winning culture. You want to talk about winning. You want to talk about winning Stanley Cups. It starts with the people there. It starts with leadership. There needs to be leaders. There needs to be people who are holding themselves accountable and doing every, and I mean every single possible thing one can do to make this team better. And not putting Band-Aids on it, but making definitive decisions. Feelings be damned. Hurt, you know, whatever. You have to, you have to do this. Because otherwise, you know, you're just constantly, you're, you're, you're tuning out people. You're tuning out fans. That's what, you're, what you end up doing. You start losing money, not a lot, but you start losing money and interest when you're owning a team that is constantly a bottom feeder. And as Tom Fitzgerald said a couple of years ago, we're not going to be a doormat. Well, unfortunately, we still are. And if you want to break that, that stigma... Real change has to happen. Players, coaches, everything. If you've got to change the price of food, 
If you got to change the type of water you use to make the ice at the Prudential Center, if you have to do uh, whatever, you have to do everything necessary to make this team better. And you have to show us that you are doing that. Because if you don't, you're just going to continue to lose fans and you're going to continue to lose interest. And that's really all that you, you can. So as fans, let's just really try, really try to enjoy the rest of the season. Maybe look for specific players. You know, Jesper Brad, if he can get himself rolling, could very well get to 30 goals, something that we were hoping Jack Hughes could get to. Nico Kiescher is on his way to having a career year, which is important. Same thing with Sharon Govich and Dawson Mercer. Maybe he can make a, a late run with points and goals to make a bigger run at at rookie of the year, you know, let's go from there. And uh, maybe we'll see Blackwood for a game or two at the end of the year to see where we can go from there. But that's really what I wanted to talk about in this episode. No recaps, none of the, none of the stuff that I do um, on a day to, you know, I do usually, I wanted to come on here, speak from the heart, speak as a fan and, you know, give you guys my two cents because at the end of the day, I'm just as frustrated as everybody else. And motivational-wise, it's been tough. But I will continue to do my absolute best to give you guys the content that you deserve and continue to talk about this team, regardless of how bad it gets. And it continues to get worse. But hopefully, one day, and very soon, I hope, this team will finally turn it around and actually start to become the organization that we were respected around the NHL back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So that's what I wanted to say to you guys. And I appreciate all of your support and things like that. I appreciate your patience. And I will continue to support this team, interact with you guys, and cheer on the team that we all love, and that is the New Jersey Devils.